Welcome to the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Ayers. Joanna Reichold is a writer and singer of sea shanties, a storyteller and a poet. Her bio states she performs at Fisher Poet Festivals around the country. Quote, on boats and street corners, in seedy bars and seedier churches. The daughter of a cotton picker in a Southern Baptist family, her bluesy rhythm can be heard in her poems as she travels the country meeting with writing mentors on a journey which has brought her to Arcata, California to live. She works as a commercial fisher off the coast of Alaska, but says she considers poetry the toughest, most dangerous job in America. Well, my name is Joanna Reichold, and I go by a couple aliases, um, some of which I can't tell you, but um, one is Alamar Joe, the other is Joanna Finn. Finn McCool, the salmon god, uh-huh. the poet, yeah, Irish. Well, I feel like I should maybe read one poem that's like strictly Fisher poet. Yeah. Um, that's more work related or Sure. <laughs> I mean, we have everything from rhymy and silly to poetic. Um, because they love that stuff. The fishermen love that. They love the uh, you know, the rhyming stuff. <laughs> the rhymy stuff. They love that. That's what I think of with uh, cowboy poetry. Totally, yeah. When I, when I got to the cowboy poetry gathering, I read my like salmon love songs, you know, and they, <laughs> and I said, "How come I hear so many um, derogatory comments about cows? I want to. I'm going to come back here next year, and I demand to find a poem about your love of cows." Us fisher folk, we love our salmon, mm. and I don't hear that from you guys. Now I'm so I I don't know. The response wasn't too great. I haven't like been emailed or phoned with any huh. new cow poems, you know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna start with the poem Moses Salmon Song. One day, West Coast, we woke up as from the dream of plenty. And the plenty was poisoned, cut, damned, outskirtsed. And then it was that the fishermen pulled up their nets with their same blue sea eyes shining, with their same rough and wrinkled hands, pulling out the old gifts. And they saw deep in their fathoming a horror in waking that these same flesh, muscle, pearlescent forms they catch are changed too now. Born of generations, how many generations, the boats and their builders in families of sustainers, communities of givers feeding health to the world, then somehow giver made poisoner a poor alchemy. Yesterday, in a cafe at the mouth of the Columbia, a young man turns to me laughing. Oh, I don't eat anything that comes out of that river. While salmon and we last fishermen 
all together now through the fog banks, nuclear reactors, conifers, dams, ferns, lumber mills, grain boats, choke setters, and folly cry out, let my people go. Let me be like that. Silver fire, silver lore, water body, salmon. Let me be like that. Milk of the mother, food of any god. I rub your slime through my dark hair. I touch you bare-handed. I rub noses with you. I do everything I shouldn't do, everything I should. Eggs on my tongue, fresh split belly. Rhythmic sharpening stone that brings a body open to light. The eagle who guides me to you. I haul you out on boats with no escaping. Hidden one, liquid song, you bless me every time. You who make everything work, who make everybody breathe. Spirit, let me be like that. So much a part that everything needs me, even the moss without knowing. Bear kin, seal kin, munch kin, food of your own children. I ask again, let me be like that, a body that sheds silver like stars over all the world unknowing. So the obvious question I guess people would have is, what's it like being a, a young woman working on a fishing boat? Is it is it as rare as I would think it is, or am I wrong? Well, I started fishing because there wasn't any other way to make money in the little town I was in. I went up there originally, well, I originally got a job working with a um, nonprofit Native rights group, um, the EAC Preservation Council in Cordova, and they didn't have money to pay me with, and uh, I kept looking out on those boats leaving all the time, and I was romancing them, and finally I just realized I had to do it myself. And I just, you know, I got on a boat at the end of that first time, that first season that I showed up, I remember being out on the boat and reading um, the National Fisherman's Journal, and I opened up to this page that actually had a quote saying that the um, average woman in Alaska fishing is had gotten the work through family, but that the woman who arrives out of nowhere and gets her own job on a boat is almost completely a myth. And, huh. and uh, so I thought, well, this is, you know, this is a good start. It's good if you wanna, if you wanna start something, you might as well be a myth. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, of course, the things that you would imagine happened happened, um, and I, I had to bang my head against a lot of kind of traditional men's roles. You know, women when they start on boats are kind of expected to be five times good as a guy starting on a boat because um, they. Because people are just always watching you, and you've got to, you know, you've got to represent for women. You've got to represent in this whole way that um, 
a guy wouldn't necessarily have to do. But I dealt with, you know, I dealt with a lot of sexism. I was from the lower 48, so I couldn't believe actually that this was, there was a place that was so far backwards in time in America where women, um, you know, where this, uh, the idea of sexual harassment didn't really exist, where it was like celebrated. I was supposed to, <laughs> the other, the other women um, who had been fishing for years, they were like, you know, I'd complain to them and I'd say, you know, I just came on the dock in my tank top and this guy was like, oh, sure, honey, you can have a job. You know, it's like 78 year old guy. And, <laughs> and I'd, I'd say to my first <laughs> captain who was female, um, a woman, I said, you know, I just told her and she said, oh, yeah, that's just how he is. You know, he used to do that to me when I worked for him all the time. And you just have to laugh and, and play it up, you know, just be who you are and don't wear a tank top on the docks. Like you're just going to you're yeah. going to get that from from the guys if you do that. And and so I learned to play with that a lot. I learned to just kind of deal with it, you know, have sometimes you're. Um, sitting at the galley, the guy across from you is reading a porn magazine and looking at you, or sometimes, you know, you're just, you're just kind of caught up in always representing what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated industry. And when I learned to play with it and not get angry was kind of the beginning. That's the, the trick of it, and it made it more fun for everybody. Huh. You said that... Uh you consider poetry the toughest, most dangerous job in America. Definitely. Because, well, it's the only one I can do. And uh, I always identified a lot when I was commercial fishing with that, you know, that I was a tough, strong, uh, uh, you know, kind of mythological figure when I'd come back and go down into America. And people were like, oh, you commercial fish, that's so Oh, isn't that dangerous? That's the first thing they always say, you know. They've all seen these, like, Discovery Channel programs of the crab fishermen. and um, You know, but I just started responding that this work that I'm doing, that this performing on stage, this sitting down and actually writing my stories was even harder, even tougher. And uh, I really like that idea of uh, poetry, which often is seen as, you know, not not having those uh, sharp claws and those, um, you know, red teeth and identifying that with a really tough job, with um, true work, my true work, and a lot of people's true work. So that that's why when I um, wrote a book, my first chapbook that I made, it's called Salmon Skin, and uh, it's subtitled Work Poems by Joanna Finn. And... Um, that's what I want to do. I'm just trying to write work songs. Like I'm still pulling hand over hand the rope, getting the anchor down from the bottom and uh, pulling the net in bit by bit. And each bit of the poem is like that for me. I'm trying to to work up that um, tradition in America of our fine workers' rights, our fine songs that have been carried on um and are in our tradition and i really identify with that sort of blue collar basic um workers rights that have come up to us fought and died for as utah phillips says and i'm trying to sing those songs and sing them in my own way and bring that forward so that we can still um identify with that as a people 
My mother was a cotton picker, a book picker with a Bible's temper. My mother was a cotton picker, and I a picker of fish. Hers the bale and mine the net, hers the field and mine the sea. My mother was a cotton picker, and I a picker of fish. Pick fast, they cried, pick faster still, net and field and sea song are long as the days are long as the days are and we'll pick them till we're gone oh we'll pick them till we're gone oh we'll pick them till they're gone my lover was a banjo picker a guitar picker a mandolin picker my lover was a banjo picker and i a picker of fish is the note and mine the net? Is the music scale and mine the fish scale? My lover was a banjo picker and I a picker of fish. Pick fast, they cried, pick faster still. Net and field and song are long as the days are long as the days are. And we'll pick them till we're gone, oh, we'll pick them till we're gone, oh, we'll pick them till we're gone. This one is called Why a House Needs Holes, and I wrote it in my bus when I lived up in a little squatters community in Alaska with my in my bus with the uh, front cut off. It was an old California school bus that got driven up. Um, to Alaska and kind of rotted there. Got the front cut off and a cabin built onto it. And I lived there next to a salmon stream with the bears. And it's called Why a House Needs Holes. One, why a house needs holes. So it won't be inside or outside. So you won't be tempted to believe in those. So when Stellar J wants to pay a visit in the morning during tea, the door won't always stall his thieving. So rain can peek in a bit and fog tuck you in. Smoke hole at the top of the world, wigwam, longhouse, teepee, shack in the mountains, no insulation, walls so wet we found a mushroom growing by the bookshelf. So squirrel can make sure you're cleaning up the counters and the mice can keep all the grains in their jars. As above, bats in the belfry, so below, clay in between the toes. Or maybe you can never make the holes big enough and the stars and moon are waiting Apprentice to cover with beads of do your now. Part two, or just the right holes anyway. Or just the right holes for chance to no chance through, for cocks to slide right in, for secrets to be whispered to, for letters to be hidden in. For the peep shows to I spy in, for stowaways to hide, for fire to need in out, and air to gain in in, for tongues to find one another tangled in and out, in and out, so delicious to stop between and peer through, 
till the body's porthole are both inside and outside, and you want to be tempted again and again by the way things look from here and which side of the threshold you look at them from. This one is a piece called Terra Pansexual, and it was written to explain um, my particular way of seeing the world in a sexual um, way, where I see that life energy and that force kind of pulling through everything, and I recognize all of that and um, celebrate it in sort of a sexual way in the great tradition of um, a lot of our American poets and um, world mystics, but poets like Thoreau, who called himself a polymorphous perverse, and uh, but my term for that is terra pansexual, terra like in the Latin term um, for earth. Boys with hawk feathers in their caps, girls with their arms full of persimmons. I'd eat you all for breakfast. Rabbit at dusk nibbling the long lithe spruce all gnarled on top for eagle, barefoot, bare paw running to greet sweet meat. Sure and svelte seal, piss and vinegar of stone, luscious locks of barely clad beauty, ogling the owl, old timer. My teapot on the front burner, perpetual low boil for you all. The fiddle, late and lonesome, singing its own lumbered tears. In Juno, early one Auk Bay morning, whiskey still running through me. That tall woman turns to me, eyeing me up and down from her side of the bed. Tells me I'm a lesbian, to be sure. A breastmonger, a loon lover, perpetually wanting the dirt and the moss, the plants that demand harvest. Pick me, touch me. The water, the giggling men in buffalo button boots, the steam vapors of heat, lightning, and rain. Those who know what they're made of. Language fails. She thinks I'm crazy. Two-leggeds can be so narrow. Kiss me anyways, while the teapot whistles, and the mountains mate the fog. Um, this one is called I Burnt Down the First Joint I Ever Saw You In, and it's a Humboldt County special. I burnt down the first joint I ever saw you in, then brought you outlaw to my lips. You come on so strong, you make me forget everything. I can't walk straight. My words are gibberish. My fingers crossed. I'm the operative who hears sirens on every corner. Listen, if just one cop were to catch me downtown tonight kissing you, it would all be over. He'd lock me away and keep you all to himself. If he even got a whiff of you, if he ever got a look at you, 
darling, I can't even say your name on the phone. I lock the doors when you come around, call you by a thousand aliases. You're my train wreck, my northern lights, a silver haze, my red-haired girl. Your smell lingers on my body so long, heads turn as I walk out the door. I can't even take you out in public, baby, or nothing'll ever get done. I roll your residue down and take you in. I smuggle you in secret compartments wherever I go. To those who would abuse her, a warning. They keep her tied up in basements, interrogate her under bright lights, skeleton her in closets. They force her. They're looking for the cash. Now they're stuck in a rut. Now they've got no go. Now they're got good. She'll have the last laugh yet. Trickster in the green sleeves, I'm not quite comfortable with the way you look at me. You pass out a madness well known by now. I wet you down again before you turn to dust. I peel you back leaf by leaf. Now I've got the giggles bad. Now I've got the giggles bad. I can't concentrate on anything except the music. Sounds so good tonight, and what say we set this joint on fire? <laughs> You're a great reader, you know. Thank you. Part of my reading ability, I think, comes from kind of that um, that roots in the. I grew up kind of traveling. I always call myself a half-breed between the North and South. We used to um, travel between I-57, between Chicago and Memphis. And, you know, my mother being a cotton picker and my dad was a Northern man. And so I kind of traveled that blues highway, and the blues got really deep in me from a really young age. And those songs um, that I learned, both um, kind of... Uh, gospel and growing up singing in the church and then um, learning all the folk songs and work songs of the people that I could as I became a worker myself. Um, and some of that kind of that singing, that the fact that I started with singing kind of works its way in, I think. You had a great bio online. Did you? I don't know if you wrote it. You must have. It's, it's too good. I <laughs> or it has this line in it where it says... Uh, you performed on street corners and boats, seedy bars, and seedier churches. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll perform almost anywhere. And, yeah, I started, you know, I used to be a really shy about performing on stage or performing even in front of people I knew. But I um, started just coming out a little bit, singing for my friends, reading for friends, and... Uh, what really turned me around was performing on stage in Alaska and in kind of like high school gymnasiums and little churches and um, bars and things like that. And then I toured the West Coast and other areas with my partner of the time, and we busked in city streets, you know, for money, and that really was great. We were just welcomed everywhere we went. We could pull out the instruments and have a place to stay for the night and um, kind of wander like mad saints across America with um, with nothing, you know, no money and just our thumbs and our, our wits about us. And um, we're opened to the world in a way that I had never had been. And um, as far as the um, churches, yeah, I'll play anywhere. And I... <laughs> 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 and there's 
It's a very open-minded really of you. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I was raised um I was raised Southern Baptist in really strict style and uh you know, I had my hair brushed out every morning in front of a uh the poem of the Lord's Prayer that hung on the wall. And years later, when I was living out in the wilderness of Alaska, um, parked way out in an Airstream trailer that the fishing game had dropped off there with all the gear I'd need for the next month, um, I wrote this in response to that. It's called um, Matriarch Me, or The Lord's and Ladies' Prayer. One, the Lord's Prayer Revisited. Sour Father, who parks it in heaven, hollow be thy name. White king, hum drum, they will be dumb about earth if it's you up in heaven. Give us this day our circus and bread, and forgive us for bombing those asses, as we foreclose on those who are asses against us. And lead us not against the multinational corporation, but profit us from their evil. For ours is the nation and the power and the money forever. Amen. Part 2. The Lady's Prayer Our Mother of Art, Dirt, and Heaven Fallow be thy name. Thy flings will come, they will be sung in earth and dirt so leavened. Give us this day to know we are fed by rivers, ferns, and grasses, as we feed all you who are sassiest amongst us. Lead us straight into flirtation and deliver us from thinking flesh is evil, for thine is the compassion and the strength and the story forever. Amen. Come all you gallant fishermen that plow the stormy sea the whole year round on the fishing grounds in the northern minch and the Norway deeps banks and knolls and the North Sea holes where the heron shoals are found it's there you'll find the Norfolk boys and the lads from Peterhead there's bookie shields and men from shields in the northern minch and the Norway deeps banks and knolls and the North Sea holes where the heron shoals are found Rageborough and Aberdeen from Whitby Armour Town The fleet's away at the break of day to the Northern Minch and the Norway Deeps Banks and Knolls and the North Sea Holes where the Aaron Shoals are found You've been listening to the poems of Joanna Reichhold. This has been the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Ayers. A reminder that Poets on the Plaza takes place on Monday, April 14th at the Plaza Grill in Arcata. This month features Leonard Serino visiting from Oregon. Sign-ups for the open mic are at 7 p.m. with poems hitting the air at 7.30. If 
you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10.05 p.m. and is produced for KHSU, located at Humboldt State University. Thank you.